The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position of Owen TV's management, staff, or board of directors. Hello. Hey. And welcome to About Town. Today, I have Ian Locke with me. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hi. Uh, thanks for having me in. Um, just before we went on the air, this is the first time I've ever been on this side of the glass. And I, I do feel very honored to, to be the one who's interviewing you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me in. Absolutely. So, uh, Ian, what do you do here at ONTV? Everything. Well, uh, <laughs> well, my title here is Executive Director. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of everything, making sure everything's running from technology to the programs, managing the staff and so on. Um, but I've pretty much held every job here at ONTV before I became executive director from teaching classes to production, the whole bit. So, so what was your first job here? First job, um, here at ONTV, I came in in 09. I mean, a lot of people changed jobs back then, you know, the great recession hit, uh, prior to coming here, I was with the Waterford Schools for 11 years in their video department okay. um, and community media. So um, coming here in 09, I started out as the education coordinator. So um, I worked with students for years, for 10 years in Waterford. Uh, we had an advanced internship program, so it translated perfectly to ONTV. And I taught all the classes, production classes, studio classes, all that good stuff to start out. Yes, and you were showing me how to do the soundboard a little bit more. <laughs> more cool but uh yeah yeah it, it takes some muscle memory it does it does there's um it's it's a rhythm and once you get used to the rhythm it's no big deal all right well <laughs> let's put a pin in that for one second and get back to where did you grow up where did i grow up i grew up in dexter michigan which is a was a farming community just outside ann arbor um it was a small town um I think my high school is about the size of a is about a class B back when they called them A, B, and C. We were class B. I think my graduating class was one, one thirty six. You know, not really big. We thought it was big until um, I went to Michigan State, and now I have fifty thousand. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm a Michigan State graduate myself. Fantastic, go green, go white. Absolutely. I was there for seven years, but I did do. You know, it wasn't all um, the victory laps at the end. Ah, uh, yes go on to a more grad school but um yeah yeah so um what did you major in at michigan state uh broadcast and media arts so it was telecommunication and um i think that was the official telecommunication media arts but it was television and radio production so i've been lucky uh that i've been able to do this as a career um i'm trying to remember how many of my uh, classmates we i graduated with actually went into the field and mm -hmm. stayed in the field. There's not many. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, uh, a lot of, I, you know, it happens. I feel like a lot of creatives come out of Michigan State. My mother was in uh, marketing and advertising. Oh, absolutely. Great program in advertising. Yep. And uh, I know, I just knowing her, her friends and her uh, work colleagues, I just feel like a lot of creative people came out of Michigan State during that time. So Absolutely. It's wonderful to, to hear <laughs> that or just, you know, verify that I'm correct. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a good experience. Um, I was in the mar marching band at Michigan State. Really? I'll just share that little tidbit. Yeah, I played the, the tuba. Oh, um, yeah. 
And that's actually quite interesting. How long have you played the tuba for? Uh, well, I started uh, playing music in fifth grade, um, and I think in seventh grade I tra- changed over to uh, the tuba, and stuck stuck through it through high school and auditioned at MSU and made the marching band. And it was uh, besides meeting my wife, you know, and uh, MSU and getting married and all that stuff. That was probably one of the, one of the most wonderful experiences I had at MSU and it's it still sticks with me today it's amazing did you do it for all four years I did um and by the fourth year I was ready to say I'm done with this (laughs) I was a broken individual let's just say those things weigh about 60 pounds and it was it's heavy and it it takes a toll (laughs) so what made seventh grader EM be like you know what I want to play the tuba um should I say bullying? <laughs> uh, so back then, it's like, you know, it's a small band. Uh, I played the trumpet, started mm-hmm. out on the trumpet. And um, I really liked it. You know, music for me, I still play music today. And it's my stress reliever. I don't play the tuba for stress relief. I play the guitar. Um, but uh, back then it was um, trumpet and it was very competitive. So even in fifth and sixth grade, it's very competitive. So that's just the way the program is set up. So my goal was like, I want to be first chair, I want to be first chair, I want to be first chair, practice real hard. And as soon as I got it, I'm like, yeah. And then my friends behind me, people I've grown up with all these years, are like, we want your chair. And I was like, I couldn't even enjoy it for a week. And it was this challenge, challenge, challenge. Uh, it made me a better player. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, you know, I don't want to get picked on all the time. You know, so I said, let me try something different. And they needed a tuba player. And I'm like, this looks kind of fun. And so I played it. And I was able to do it, and I was a small guy. I mean, I was not, I mean, the tuba was the size of me, right? So I could just reach the mouthpiece, and luckily, um, it stuck, and I really enjoyed it and um, excelled at it. So it was a lot of fun. Great. No, I I just imagine you carrying around that case. I played the violin, so it wasn't that big of a case. My wife plays the violin, so I Uh, love the violin. Yeah, well, you know, I found out I like the cello better, but Ah. I never played the cello. I, I would watch the little guys carrying their cello cases and talk about a big instrument. Mm-hmm. And then you got the bass. Oh, uh, yeah. Oof, oof. I, I don't know how those guys do it. No. <laughs> okay, so you played um, marching band in the marching band at Michigan State for four years, yep. and then what happened? Uh, well, I graduated. It took me four and a half, um, like a lot of people back then and now, you know, that sort of thing. And... Um, so you I, took half of it. Of yeah, I was. Uh, I graduated in December mm-hmm. of '94. Okay. So I still in '94 graduating. So uh, four and some change. Um, after that, uh, my first job was in uh, broadcasting at a PBS station down in Elkhart, Indiana, which sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's really just down the street from South Bend. Um, so I started there in their mass as a master control operator, uh, which is the engineering department. And basically what I was, it sounds like a, wow, that's an impressive title, right? I was basically a radio DJ for TV. So instead of playing music, I played shows. So I sat at a console and I put the shows in and aired them and recorded them and made sure everything was going well. And, you know, at the end of the night, it's still, it's, my kids still shake their head. They're going, so at the end of the night, when you were the night shift, you actually played the national anthem and then turned TV off 
You remember those days where you, you it, it gets to one in the morning, the national yeah. anthem plays, and then TV goes away. Uh, well, I wasn't allowed to stay up that late, but I. But it goes off the air. Yeah, right? you would turn on the TV at two a.m. and nothing. There's would be nothing on. there, yeah. and that's what we did. Like that was my shift. I was the new guy, so I was the night guy. So um, that's what I did. Um, I was there one full year and learned so much, and then um, moved on to. Uh, ABC affiliate in Lansing. I wanted to get back to Lansing. My wife was uh, at MSU to be a teacher. So she has a five-year program, mm-hmm. and she was one year behind me. Okay. So trying to get back to East Lansing um, or the Lansing area just to be with her and, you know, try to get things, uh, try to be adult, get your adult life started, right? Well, that's why I went on to grad school, because I wasn't ready to be an adult yet. <laughs> I thought about it, then I'm like, no, I'm done with school. I want to start working and doing something. So, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun time. It's um, a lot of learning. You know, when you get out of, once you get out of school and you're learning, and you think you know something, and you realize college teaches you how to learn and how to study and um, how to be disciplined. Um, if you do it right. If you do it right, <laughs> absolutely. And um, what you like to think, I did it right. And, uh, but, you know, working in the environment that you are, you know, in the, the career, at, you know, actually looking to do um, is that's where you learn how to do it. You got to be in the seat doing it. So I was fortunate enough to um, keep going. So after you got to, got back to Lansing. Yeah. Uh, wife became a teacher. Yep. What yep. did she teach? Uh, she was, uh, she wanted to do middle school. That was kind of her focus uh, in history um, and English. And I believe she did fifth grade. And it was a Delton Kellogg, which is out. I'm holding up my hand for, it was out on the west side. So she drove almost all the way to Grand Rapids for her first teaching gig. Ooh. So we were married. She's driving we never saw each other. So I worked overnight shifts from just like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Or sometimes, you know, 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. overnight shifts. So I would be waking up to go to work, make dinner. She would be getting back from work. and We'd have dinner. And then I'd go to work and she'd be at home. And it was just this odd uh, schedule. But it, it worked out, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, she's a teacher. And ultimately went to grad school and became a librarian. So, Nice, nice. Yep. Well, um, <laughs> so how did you make your way to Lake Orion? That's a good question. So um, when we were looking to buy a house, and uh, when uh, my wife went to grad school at Wayne State uh, for uh, library science, and she was teaching in Romeo for her second teaching gig, and um, I picked up a job in Waterford. So I moved from broadcasting into a uh, school district over there. And, and, you know, all the things I've learned over the years in broadcasting, I was able to bring to the school district. And it was a great experience working with the crew over there and working with kids and the administration. It was, it's, if you've never worked in a school district, and especially if you like helping people and working with kids, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. And we said, well, um, where would we like to live? And we're trying to find a, a halfway point between Romeo and Waterford, right? And so one day we just started driving around and we happened to find, you know, I like Orange there. And we just drove around. We're like, this is really nice. <laughs> you know, we couldn't afford to live on the lake or anything, but the, the housing was nice. This was 20 years ago. And so we found a house and um, 
you know, up on Maybe Road, and it was perfect for us. It was within our budget. You know, broadcasting guys don't make a lot of money. We do it because we love it. Um, there's not a lot of dough in it. <laughs> I'll just say that. But yeah, that's how we came to Lake Orion is we found a house and the, the neighborhoods were fantastic and we knew the schools were wonderful and we said this will be a great community to raise a family. So that's how we came here to live in Lake Orion. Just having a little bit of wanderlust, huh? It was. <laughs> yeah, it was. We And in fact, the house that we purchased and we're still in today, um, we saw the for sale, you know, we saw it online. And we ran out, and we're like, oh, this is really nice. And then we saw pending. Like, it was sold. And we're like, oh, that's a bummer. And we were living in Macomb. So we were driving. You know, that's a long drive to mm -hmm. Waterford from Macomb. Um, and so when I got back, uh, you know, I think it was a couple months later, like three months later, we came out to the mall, uh, Great Lakes Crossing, just to walk around. And our house is two and a half miles north of that Great Lakes Crossing. That could be very dangerous. Oh, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I thought that too when it was that close because, uh, you know, I'm not going to bring my wife into it. But yes, it can be very dangerous. <laughs> but uh, we said, hey, let's just drive by the house just to see, you know, torture ourselves. And when we drove by, we saw this for sale sign again. So the sale fell through. Okay. And we already had a realtor. We got it. We said, oh, we got it. And we wanted the house. And we, we got it. So... We couldn't be happier, and we're still in that house today. Do so. you guys have kids? I have two, yeah. Um, my oldest is Abby. Um, she is 18 at Michigan State currently, studying political science. And James, oh, and James oh. Madison, she wants to I was change. a poli-sci major were myself. You? Yes, I was. No kidding. Were you and James Madison? I was not, because I didn't get my act together until like junior year, halfway through. Yeah, she wanted James Madison badly. Um, and, you know, the current state of politics uh, w when she was just starting high school, uh, it motivated her. And um, she loves history and English, so it fit right in. And it really kind of wanted her to do something and get engaged. So That's fantastic. I, I was actually doing my um, poli-sci degree, and I had to do it pretty quickly my, my senior year. And it was during President Obama's first election. Mm. So I was in a campaigns and election class. And Oh, it was just so fascinating. So I'm, I'm really I I kind of have some nostalgia here listening about your daughter because she's gonna have so much fun learning about this stuff. Yes, and it's 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 this. What a time to be in this major because that 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 was like the trash can major. We don't have a, um, <laughs> a general ed course at Michigan State. Yes, um, but I I was a psych major and classical studies i wanted to be a curator or oh, professor yeah, yeah 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 i couldn't learn latin at 20 <laughs> I, I couldn't but um yeah so then i had to go into poli sci because that was where i could get my honors courses and everything would you know shuffle Translate. and yeah. yeah um but yeah i was glad i did it because that was a lot of fun yeah and um i'm excited for her i mean you know msu it's so difficult this i mean she we experienced college the right way, right? Mm -hmm. We went, we don't have a pandemic. We right. live on campus. All the things that are available at a major university um, were available to us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the, the thing that is uh, disappointing, and we're hoping things turn around, obviously, so she can experience that. I mean, yeah. she went in as a uh, second semester freshman already because of AP courses yep. and things. I got to hand it to the Lake Orion High School. Those teachers are phenomenal, and the AP instructors, outstanding. 
and prepared her so well for college and the challenges of uh, her program that I, I thanking him publicly. Just uh, we've done it in person, but I just want to say fa- fantastic, fantastic. Uh, and it's amazing how much those AP courses actually do help offset some of the cost of college and everything. Thousands and thousands yes. of dollars. She'll be done probably a year early or pretty close, which is a testament to her, not me. <laughs> I didn't take the courses. <laughs> well, no, congratulations yeah. to her. Um, yeah. Very excited. And my son, I my son's uh, just turned 15, so he's a freshman at the high school. Okay. Um, and he's navigating the online situation, you know, um, but he, he's doing pretty good. He's having a, he's a good kid. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have to, I, and kudos to the schools for what they're doing with the online and in person they're doing what they can. Mm-hmm. And so far, um, he's doing well and, um, responding. The good thing is he has a good core group of buddies, um, to run with. He's on the cross country team as my daughter was in track and that sort of thing. So, getting outside and mingling with his friends is really kind of, you know, mitigating the whole cabin fever that yep. we all experienced yep. uh, just one year ago when it started. It was just me, my husband, and our three dogs. So, yes, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations. And um, I was on the cross-country team as a in a high school as well. So I really, really advocate for the cross-country. I think that makes you really mentally strong. It, if you can go and run 5K, you can you can mentally prepare for a good good big exam. Absolutely. Um, my daughter loved running. She started with soccer, and so she's a runner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a runner. I was a swimmer. <laughs> I like the water, uh, but it's very similar. You know, um, the what you have to put in. I the pain of running is different than the pain of swimming pain of running is worse way worse and i tried doing it so my uh-huh. my wife started running she does half marathons and such um and i i'm like no nah, man my dog's like come on come on try to get me healthy right get me out right right so i've done a couple the first 5k i, I ran I, I was under 30 minutes so i was happy with that so it was like 29 something and I always see people finishing those five Ks, and they're like hugging each other, going, "Oh, this," you know. I mean, they were just so ecstatic, and I, a co- sense of accomplishment. I, go, I got done with my five K. I'm like, "This is not fun." I go, <laughs> "I had no sense of accomplishment." I'm like, "I'm dying." I go, "This is horrible. This is not good." You know, I felt awful, and um, I'm like, "Yeah, this might not be for me." But I don't mind running and jogging and trying to do some of that. But I go, 5K, it's so difficult. And you guys did it as a race. Well, you have to be on insane. the whole time. You got to be on the whole time. No, that's why I started doing longer runs. And like your wife does the half marathon. It's I, like, you can run slower. Who's going to say anything to you? Because you're doing so many miles in a row. That's true. I think that's my problem, I I go too fast. Like I get competitive and I am in no shape to be competitive with anyone. But anyway, you know, it's it's good. But running was brought to our family because of my wife and my daughter doing cross country. So, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun uh, to see her grow. And, you know, that they qualified for state a couple of years. So that was a super highlight. You know, it was a bummer how it ended for her in school last year as a senior. But, yeah, cross country, you guys, man, hats off to you guys is <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's. 
you're made for it or you're not. I'll right. just say that. Well, I, th- this, um, my my body type was not, it, it was an uphill battle. Literally. We we were we were known <laughs> hills, for hills. Yes. Um, but, okay. It's well, funny. Um, so let's get back to ONTV. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm actually on the Village Council. Um, Congratulations. Thank you Welcome very much. Board. Thank you. Um, you. You better like me. You got me for four years now. Fantastic. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez, I can take uh, criticisms <laughs> too. Um, but so I'm. I'm. We all have to be. All the village council members are also on other boards, mm-hmm. and I'm on the OCCCC. Yep. Cable Commission. See. Uh, no, you got it right. Oh, I got it There's right. Okay. Four. There's four. I even after eleven years, I'm still missing a C every once in a while. But well, the cable is, commission. It's the cable commission, correct? So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And then we'll get into ONTV and how all of this stuff kind of works. Yeah, all the broadcasts, yes. the cameras, all this fun stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the C- cable commission is uh, an organization or a body that was formed about thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's when uh, cable TV kind of started expanding and um, growing. I think it was about eighty-eight or so. So, um, at least here in Lake Orion, uh, cable television has been around since the seventies, um, in other parts, but Lake Orion came in, in the late eighties. So the cable commission is formed, uh, because for cable companies, let's say it's Comcast, that's who we have now Mm -hmm. for those providers to come into your community to offer their services for a fee, right? So you sign up for a subscription or you pay, uh, to have cable TV, um, in your home. So for them to come into our community and use our public right-of-ways, our public areas, to hang cable on our poles, uh, the Cable Commission charges a fee. It's called a franchise fee. Mm -hmm. And those fees collected by the Cable Commission uh, can be used by the township in a number of ways. Uh, They can use it to help pay for police and fire. They can use it for parks and rec and a variety of other things. but in Lake Orion, it was kind of unique back in those days is when they formed the Cable Commission and started collecting the franchise fees, um, the township um, board, who are, as you know, and the village council are members. And then mm-hmm. we have, uh, uh, what do you say, volunteers or people on the commission that are from the community. They're just residents, right? right? So when that was formed and they started collecting the fees, they made a decision years ago. That was wise, very wise for this community, is that they decided to take those franchise fees and apply them directly to community television. There's a, a, a handful of communities across the nation who decided to do that. Now, they don't take a portion of the franchise fees. They take all of them and put them towards community television. So what does that mean? That means ONTV can exist. So ONTV is an entity that is hired or contracted by the Cable Commission Mm -hmm. to manage and run um, these facilities and teach classes and so on. So, yeah, over the last 30 years, ONTV uh, had a variety of names, um, and it was run by the the cable companies for a while. About 2000, it changed over to a nonprofit when ONTV actually became a thing. We became a nonprofit, a 501c3 charity. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we've been around since 2000 as far as ONTV is concerned, but much longer for community television. Gotcha. And the commission has been there every step of the way, making sure the funds are collected, negotiating the contracts uh, with the cable providers to make sure that 
you know, they're following the rules and um, for franchise fees. And we have other things called peg fees, which are capital funds. So peg fees are also part of your bill. Now, I just want to express to anybody who has Comcast or AT&T Uverse, who is our other provider in town, that if you look at your bill and you see studio fee or um, uh, franchise fee or peg fee, that sort of thing, it's not a fee to you per se. Okay. It's a fee to the company. Okay. So 5%, roughly, well, I say combined together, it's about just over 6%. 6% of all the profits that Comcast or AT&T Uverse uh, collect in our community must go back to the community. So it's not necessarily a fee on you, but it's on Comcast. Okay. Okay. And it just splits it up on the bill? Yep. They split up on the bill. You see two of them. And peg fees allow us to buy physical things. Uh, cameras that we see here that were t- microphones and the board and all these physical things, cameras and production gear. And we can only spend the peg fees on those uh, items. Gotcha. Okay. But the franchise fees go towards people, me and my staff and uh, help pay our bills and a variety of other things. So I know that's a long explanation, but it's important that people understand how it works. Yeah. I, and- I, to be very honest, I had no idea about this before I got involved in the community more, um, you know, opening a shop and whatnot. Yep. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden you you see Joe Johnson out. Uh, he's know, my film, studio manager. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, filming um, and giving or taking interviews. And yep. you're like, oh, this is very good to have. Yes. Um, yeah. So... My background, like I mentioned earlier in the show, is broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe has been working in community television his entire career. Um, I think he's working on, should I say it, 30 years? thirty years. So he, he's been around a long time. He and I have the same generation. I started as an intern in public access. And so he and I are, we, we are the same guy moving through time uh, and doing this. And we have a love of our community. We have a love of free speech, and we have a love of teaching. And so, you know, teaching uh, people off the street or council members how to do this and communicate and share information with others is so much fun. But Joe is out there. Yep. Uh, and what I bring, what I wanted to bring to Owen TV, and we changed it up a little bit as I got to sit in the big chair, is uh, as executive director, is we want to have news. We need local news because... Um, localized news is kind of going away. Our local newspaper is still here, the Review, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. It's still here. And we work together with them. We have a great partnership, sharing information, working together, um, feeding stories, you know, a variety of things. But it's it's one of those things that communication and news to our community is so important, um, especially local news. Uh, Channel 7 will come up here on occasion if it's bad news, right? We like to share the good news. What is the positive of Lake Orion? And it's from businesses uh, coming into town. Um, it's the schools, the successes of the students, graduations, you know, um, uh, sports and athletics. Uh, also, it's easy. It's mm-hmm. fun. We get to cheer on the dragons. But also the local news of, hey, we're doing a tree lighting ceremony. Uh, there's some charities that need assistance, uh, like uh, Oxford Orion Fish, right. uh, a great partner of ours here at ONT. Yep. Um, and I have been the recipient of many uh, of or interviews done by you guys for, for the shop. And when I was here to film my uh, or record my 
campaign speech. Yes. That's when Joe was giving me a, and my husband was here too, giving us a little tour and came in here and it's like, this is the podcast room. I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. How, uh, <laughs> how does this work? And yeah, yeah. It, it was just in case anybody's interested, it was very easy. Called up, scheduled an appointment or, you know, a lesson yep. and did the lesson. And then I got to work here and do here, all this and, stuff. And we're here. And now right? I'm here. Having this conversation. Right. Um, you are engaging the community with what you do on the board, sharing all the positives of what's around Lake Orion. So it's you're another voice here recording the history of Lake Orion or promoting what we do and all the good stuff that's happening around town. So you are now a part of the machine that I'm is part on of the TV. machine, but it's a good machine. It's an absolutely wonderful machine and a positive machine. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, you're right. A lot of, well, I would say 90%, I don't have, you know, statistics and numbers and stuff behind me, but I would say like 90%, a vast majority of the news we see today in, in general um, is more on the negative side of things. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just, I'm so glad that we've had some positive stuff coming from you. Not some, a lot of positive stuff coming from you, uh, dur- especially during this time. Yes. And it's also, it is negative. Mm-hmm. I worked in the newsrooms. There's a reason why I'm not in the newsrooms anymore, <laughs> right? There's a reason why I'm working in a community uh, mm-hmm. center. Um, and especially with COVID, uh, getting accurate information from the source um, is so important. Um, our seniors during this time were locked in, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fear, especially this time last year. We didn't know what was going on. We, ha- we didn't know this virus, how bad is it, what's going to happen. So there's a lot of fear and unknown. Mm-hmm. ONTV was still working. We were still working with the township and the village and the schools to make sure that information got out that was accurate and it was hyper local so it's uh if there's going to be a food pickup or resources here at the orient center which we had yep um how how do you get it how can you come in and get it and who needs assistance so we promoted that um uh, supervisor chris barnett at township was fantastic um with daily video updates he would give us updates you know he'd record them on his phone and he and I were in, I got a text from him every night. I said, is the video done? He's like, got the video. And he would send it to me via email. I'd log in at night, download it, and we'd put it and we'd air it and share it all over the place just so people knew what the heck was going on. Yeah. Because, you know, two, four, and seven aren't coming up here. You know, we have to make sure that the information in our community is shared accurately. Correct. And so, you know, our seniors or those in need know where the resources are to get food, medicine, or even a ride from mm-hmm. NOTA, right? How do we, how do we share Noda, get a ride to the grocery store or we'll pick groceries up for you and take them to your house. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it was an interesting time, scary time, but it also showed the importance of centers like ours and why they are needed more than ever. Well, and it's, I don't get the, I, I know the township's different, but with a village council, it's nonpartisan. And I feel like that makes it, um, we can focus more on the community. I feel like, ONTV, it's nonpartisan. It's 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 the it's looking out for what the community needs. It's true. Yep. Uh, we we serve all comers. Yep. It doesn't matter affiliation, anything. We are open mm-hmm. uh, for you to come and express yourself. If you have something you want to say, you can. And we don't edit content. 
Uh, that is not our purview. We do not do that at all. Um, we just work on making sure it sounds okay and making sure that the video looks good and making sure that, you know, you're learning and you can put together a decent program to uh, share your point of view, news, information, talents, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you, you touched on this. You do a lot of um, marketing and uh, supporting local charities and oh, yeah. groups and fundraisers. Yep. Um, most recently, I, I did see the one on uh, for Fish or in Oxford Fish. What's one that's near and dear to your heart? Oh, Fish. Um, they're wonderful. Great organization. Um, we work with so many, you know, from churches to, um, you know, drug prevention programs like the NLCC, uh, NOTA. We help promote their things. You know, anything, any charity comes to us locally or just outside our borders, we work with them because we are a nonprofit. Um, and we have resources to help share their message. But Fish, for us, we've been working with them. This is uh, 11 years, and it's, uh, it's, it's a big deal for the staff. We call it our Super Bowl, and usually we have a six-hour telethon on a Saturday, first uh, Saturday in February, and it's grown to the point where it's actually a community event now. And it's not just ONTV just collecting food. It's mm -hmm. We're engaging our other nonprofits, our churches, our schools, and businesses that collect on our behalf. And we promote those businesses. And mm -hmm. we get real raffle drawings. They donate items. And, you know, uh, people start going, hey, when the raffle, you know, when's the raffle coming up? Because we get some pretty amazing donations from our local businesses. And uh, to be able to raise cash and the physical uh, food donations for fish to stock their shelves in the wintertime as a bridge between the holidays and the spring food drives is that's how we came to be of having it at that time in February. But it's been 11 years and uh, we will continue until we can continue no more. It's uh, we love fish. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't, I'm not sure if it was just for fish or if it was just for the community in general, but when you were doing the donations here at the Orient Center, um, the food drop-offs, like people were just able to come into the back and just walk in and yeah, drop off food? That was just the community coming together. That was the resources of, um, if it was during the pandemic yeah. we're talking, yeah. So before the food drive, that was just the community coming together and um, all the different leaders of churches and groups and community um, um, you know, leaders out there saying, this is what we can do, this is what we have, this is how we can get donations. That was so organic and uh, easily realized because we have good communication between yep. our boards, right? The government agencies, the schools, we all get along. There's communities that don't get along. I mean, we all get along and we communicate so well with one another that when something like this happens, we can respond. It, I actually called you guys right? to find out where it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the the group is still continuing on. You know, it's called a COVID response team, so we're still doing it uh, once a month. We meet up, and it was such a of all the professional experiences that I've had over the years, that was one of the top because just everybody coming together and focused on helping those in need. It was really really impressive. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, with streaming. Yeah. Things have gotten a little bit more tight. Complex. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Yeah. So if I, so like many people, I don't have normal TV anymore. I got the Amazon Fire Stick. Your OTT, as I call it. 
I'm over the top. So it's uh, (laughs) OTT. So you're you're bypassing the uh, cable company. Now, how would I be able to still support ONTV if I have that and 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 watch you guys? So that's a very very good question. We are in a transition. All community centers like this, media centers like ours across the nation, are in kind of a crossroads. Uh, We are advocates of the cable companies. We work well with our cable companies. Um, We we encourage people to sign up for cable TV. One, it helps us. Um, But it also is a reliable source of connection. I do do still have cable because we have to have internet. Yes, but but internet does not factor into the cost that supports ONTV. Okay, that's good. good. It's only cable television. Okay. So... We are working, we have a national organization uh, called the Alliance for Community uh, Media, ACM. And we have lobbyists in D.C. and lawyers and all these things that are working on our behalf to try to preserve community television throughout the nation. And we're trying to get the definition changed of what is cable TV. Because even cable TV is streamed. It really is. It's internet it just now there's a box. We just call it, you know, it's, but it is streamed information. It's all digital. Maybe you don't have a thumb drive that you plug in the side of your TV right. or, you know, it's a fire or something, but it is streamed. So we're trying to get the definitions changed to make sure that our right of ways aren't just for large corporations to make millions of dollars at no cost. Right. That's what we're really fighting for to make sure that our right of ways are still being you know, respected and our rights as citizens and owners of our public right of ways that we're being compensated for their business practices on our polls. Right. So if you are streaming, you can see us on Roku. So we actually upgraded our I'm services. I'm writing this down so I know. <laughs> we are on Roku. Yeah. So you can see ONTV in HD, glorious HD streaming. All three channels that we do are public, our education and government channels. And we have video on demand up on Roku, too. So you can see podcasts like this. You can see sporting events, meetings, and a variety of things, graduations, TV shows, and so on that are produced here. Gotcha. So you can see it on Roku. Um, we are working on Apple TV to try to get up on Apple TV. And um, I think I think Amazon Fire is coming next. That is uh, next in line. Amazon's its own little beast in the background, and they have their own rules, and they're the big guy on the block. So... Um, we're just kind of trying to get on there, but also you can watch us on our website. So all of our channels are streamed live on our website 24 seven. Okay. So you can watch us just like if you were watching TV, you turn it on and it's like appointment television. We have programming that runs at a certain time, just like regular TV. And we also have a truckload of video on demand files from, uh, meetings, Games, the whole bit. Everything we produce, we have it on video on demand. But we also have a YouTube channel, which we've yes. had for a long time. I think there's 3,000 videos up there. It really is an archive of the history of the yeah, boring of yep. what's happened over the last 9, 10 years. So. And I actually use the YouTube videos um, to link. I've created a little page for this uh, yeah. podcast so on Facebook. So it's that. But I use I use the links from uh, Facebook or YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so easily done. They, you guys make it so convenient. <laughs> My God. Yeah, and in the podcast too, we throw them up on SoundCloud. So, mm-hmm. and SoundCloud then aggregates it out to you're on Spotify. Oh, 
Did you know that? I, I, I'm sure Joe mentioned that during the um, onboarding class. Yeah, how big is Spotify? That's I mean, pretty big. It's a beast, right? I don't necessarily have the voice or the face for radio, but <laughs> um, I appreciate being up there. But it's there, yeah. right? So and all of our podcasts go to SoundCloud, which you can go to from our website and listen to all the different podcasts that are made. But it does aggregate out to um, Spotify, yeah. which is, then we hit, a lot of million, people. tens of millions of people. It is now, it's unbelievable that a community, a little studio here in Lake Orion, tucked away at the Orion Center, and your podcast can be heard across the planet. That's nuts. And how much does it cost? Well, it didn't cost me anything. Nothing. Yeah. Right? So, well, it's your I got to beg people to get on here, but other than that. Well, I was pretty easy. Yeah, it only took flowers, <laughs> chocolate. No. Yeah. <laughs> Some bath products. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's it's amazing. And I, it, mind if I share a quick story? Uh, absolutely, So here, here's a little impact story that just, it makes us happy. Like Joe, and I, Joe sometimes and I sit at the end of the week and uh, we, we kind of review what, what happened, what kind of shows. And we, it's one time we sat down and we're like, can you believe what just happened this week? One, we had a lot of shows in the studio. This was a, a couple years ago before the pandemic. But there was a show produced here. It was faith-based. Um, and uh, it turned out that uh, I think they've been a series for a number of months. And so we've had, I think there were six or seven episodes up and playing. And we have on YouTube and so on. Well, somebody saw us in Africa. Right? I, how, how? We don't know. He came across it. And uh, he was a faith-based minister and... Uh, someone, you know, looking to share his, uh, you know, life experiences and that sort of thing. And he came across the video and he loved it. He liked it so much that he got a hold of um, the host and said, I want to be on your show. And we're like, really? And we got all excited. And we're like, nah, we've heard that before, right? But from Africa. Now, the fella made it over. He says, I'm coming to New York, you know, state here in a couple months, and I can make that drive. And so, long story short, this fella saw our show, or saw saw show shot in our studio here in Little Old Lake Orion, in a public access studio, was inspired to come all this way to be on the show to talk with the host because her message was so inspiring. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's... Right? And and it all happened, and it's it's there. It it happened. And Joe and I started going... You know, when we started this, we're like, hey, if we can get the village council meeting up in 24 hours, doing good, you know, or, hey, we got the shot of the, the game-winning shot at the basketball game. We're like, yeah. And now we have people's lives being impacted and meeting together and sharing their ideas across borders, across the globe. And it, it's still hard for me to believe that that actually happened because that is the power of this. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we doing? and you know, the words we share, our ideas and things, and these little microphones can really change people's per- perspectives. It can inspire people and, you know, hopefully promote change or mm-hmm. uh, encourage people to help others. So that's, that's the power of media. And uh, ONTV and the staff here at ONTV are, are so happy and uh, privileged to be able to, to do this on a daily basis. So, If... 
we want to donate to ONTV, we can also do that as a yeah, yeah. way to support We're you. We're a charity. We're a 501c3 charitable organization, so you can donate if you'd like. Um, the, the main thing... Uh, we're well funded currently um, through the cable funds mm-hmm. and like we mentioned earlier. Yep. And but the AT and T is kind of going away. It's going slowly, smaller and smaller. But the good thing here in Lake Orion is people are jumping from AT and T over to Comcast. So our numbers are doing this sort of thing for our funding. We have contingency plans. We have savings accounts. Uh, the commission has done a fabulous job of planning for our future in case something happened to our funding. The one thing we are doing is, yes, we do take donations if you'd like to donate. Um, we do uh, some for-pay productions. Mm-hmm. We're getting into that uh, now. What, what, what are some of those things? So uh, graduations, um, I still have a good relationship with Waterford Schools, so we go and assist them with their graduation ceremonies. They have three uh, high schools over there, two uh, Class A schools, or large Division One schools. So go over there uh, where they graduate, usually at OU, so we go and help them with their graduation ceremonies. Okay. Um, we're working with other nonprofits on virtual um, conferences, that's one, uh, the Master Gardeners Association of Oakland County. We're working with them currently. And so we're doing those sorts of things. But we also sell underwriting and advertising. So businesses, if you'd like to underwrite with us and advertise on ONTV, we'll, we'll work with you. We're reasonable. And you know the money's going for a good cause uh, for our community. It comes right back to the community. And a lot of businesses that underwrite with us, we promote them all year round anyway because mm-hmm. we – we're friends now, <laughs> you know, we become, you have good relationships with our business partners. And, um, as you saw with like the DDA, we were working with the DDA mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the videos and different things we put together to help promote businesses. Right. Um, for us, everything is about local. How can we help, um, a business that might be struggling? How can we promote you guys? And so, um, but the, yeah, that's how we do it. If you really want to support us, Go sign up for Comcast Cable or AT&T Uverse and that sort of thing. Um, that would help us the most because uh, that's an ongoing deal. I do think we have a bundle because that was the cheaper. And with the bundle, you have the phone, cable, yep. and... Usually a, a, the trifecta. Yeah. Phone, internet, and cable television. And we only get the, the 5% cable. from the cable uh, portion. Gotcha. So... Well, I'll start. I'll stop arguing with them about that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, and we're not telling people to sign, you know, we we encourage people to sign up for Comcast. Um they are a good partner of ours, um obviously. And um we've always had good relations. I I know the public has to deal with a different side of Comcast <laughs> than we do, mm-hmm. but all the 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 people behind the scenes, technicians, their government liaisons, we always have a really good relationship with them and uh business uh you know, partners really with Comcast. It's been, it's been a good relationship. So. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. So um, at this point in the podcast, I ask you three random questions. Uh-oh. And as a thank you for being a I good sport. I didn't even study. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, well, just go back to your college days. Um, as right. a thank you for participating in the three random ones, you can pick one to ask me. Oh, so, boy. Um, pick three Numbers one through twelve. One through twelve. Um, three, ten, and how about 
I'm making you dig through them. <laughs> well, they're in order this time. Okay, so. good. Uh, how about six? Okay. And then one more for me. Um, Two. Did I pick two already? No, nope. I picked three. Okay. There you go. Okay, so I'll ask you two questions, then you can ask me that one, and then we'll finish with your third. All right, cool. Should I be nervous? I feel nervous. Yes. I'm shaking a little bit. So, first question, <laughs> Mr. Locke. Yes. What would you be doing if you weren't working in your current occupation? Ooh, good question. Wow. Um, I don't know. You picked it. I'd probably be teaching. Teaching? Yes. Communications? Um, yes, media literacy. Um, yeah, I'd be teaching media literacy. Um, it's so important that kids uh, understand how to watch television and consume media, especially today, yes. uh, how you can spot uh, information that was created by people in their basements as opposed to official sources of information. Yes, that's and, uh, pretty important. And the messages that they are trying to sell you or show you. It's important to be able to, if you understand how to make media, you can understand the messages that are being uh, shown to you. Yeah, I'd, I'd be teaching. All right. Question number two. What made your week last week? What made my week? Um, that's a good question. Uh, what made my week last week was uh, we had a truckload of productions in the studio. During the pandemic, everything shut down here at ONTV, um, and we were worried about getting people back online and our regular producers in to do shows and things. And last week, I think we were booked with podcasts and TV shows and there's a newscast recorded. It was a f games and the meetings. I mean, it was a full week, just like nothing happened. It was fantastic. Normalcy. Every time you get a little taste of oh. it, it's like, Oh, yes. This is what it used to be. It's like. such a sweet little tantalizing piece of, uh, calm. It, it, we were so busy, and it's weird to say that. Yeah, we were so busy, but we're like, we were so busy. It was fantastic, mm -hmm. right? So it's it was great. All right, I'm gonna. Okay, um, let's see. Where do you see yourself in five years? I gotta put these cards in different piles and have one that are specifically for me to answer, so I have a fun, witty answer <laughs> for those questions. Um, That's a tough question for it anyone. Is. Well. See, the problem is I remember having to answer this question when I was in corporate America. And I, prior to that, I had been, a, I worked as an attorney. Then I went internal um, consultant for a healthcare corporation. That's where my boss was like, where do you see yourself in mm -hmm. five years? I'm like, I know. Um, a year ago, I was practicing law. Now I'm doing this. I, so it was a Catholic corporation. So I, I, I said, it gave it some thought. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to learn Italian, and I'm going to get up the ranks, and oh, I'm doing this deadpan in a meeting, and um, I'm going to, you know, become the liaison to the Pope for for this company, and I think you know that that's maybe five five ten year plan. So my five year ten year plan now after. Doing all of that now, I own a shop with the and I'm on the village. I don't know, I don't know. It's hard to even say what am I going to do next week, right? Right. So I guess in five years, yeah, I have no idea. 
Yeah, that's that that is a difficult question because you don't you never know, you know, which way life will jog or right. whatever, right? I know when I came here, I didn't see myself at a community access center at that point in my career. Mm-hmm. But it ultimately worked out so well. It was it was a blessing. You know, I lost a job. I was laid off. Great recession. You know, that sort of thing. And it worked out so well. And I'm having more fun. I mean, it, Joe and I talk about this. We're doing our hobby for a job. Mm-hmm. We're lucky enough to do that. Yep. But I was it, told. It, totally lucky. I was told at a young age, do what you love. And it's never like you're going to work. Well, it feels like work sometimes. Well, I was going to say that that's the very, <laughs> that's the Disney version of yeah. that uh, advice. But just like this, you and I talking, getting mm-hmm. to know each other, having a, a fun conversation about a variety of things. This is my job. This is work. How crazy is that? I'll, t- I'll take that all day. So it's, uh, yeah, this is the fun stuff. <laughs> all right. So last, last random question. Sure. What is your favorite food? Ooh, good question. Hmm. Well, I am an omnivore. I eat everything. Um, oh, that's tough. Um, okay, top, top, I, like, well, I like to say five. I, I like to cook. Okay, good. Right? So I like to try new things. And currently, I think my favorite food is uh, chicken marsala, which I make from scratch, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm getting so good that I don't measure things anymore. <laughs> I don't, don't tell my wife that, but I can make it and she loves it and the kids dig it. So I, I can't go wrong. Right. Um, but if I was going to go top two, I love hummus. I got into hummus over the eating hummus, you know, chickpeas and stuff like that over the uh, pandemic. Like why? I don't know. It's fiber it's and good. whatever. And I'm like, I always thought it was just like, man, that is nasty looking. <laughs> but I got into it. I really like it. And now I'm making my own. So I got my blender. I'm experimenting now to make my own. So, um, yeah, those. I think those are my <laughs> one and one A uh, right. two things right now. All right. Well, now we know that you are a chef. Oh, no. <laughs> a chef at home. Amateur. Amateur. Total, total amateur. Um. <laughs> Anything else you'd like us to know? Oh, I don't know. Um, I just want to thank you for taking a chance on us, right, on Owen TV. A lot of people see us and are curious, but they don't take that chance. They don't take that leap. And, um, you know, everybody here at Owen TV is, uh, we like to have fun, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're good-natured, and as you can see, we like to have a good time. And this is supposed to be fun. And well, so I just want to... Thank you for giving us a chance and coming in and uh, doing this and taking and working with us and being a part of the ONTV family. Well, thank you. I, I've had a lot of fun doing these um, interviews and I continue, I, I plan on, um, I have, you know, 15 other people in my head um, and most of you know who you are. <laughs> um, but no, I, I felt, you know, more like a part of the community because of you guys when I opened up the shop. Um, you know, you guys were out there filming and I just, you know, local communication, local news is so important. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time not, not realizing how important it was, um, when I was, you know, commuting, you know, hours a day. And I just, 
but now I, I see how vital and uh, I'm Mia culping right now. <laughs> and um, that's my Latin. Uh, Very good. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being in such so supportive and so, um, you know, you're, you're just a staple here in the community. Yep. And uh, we just want to get the word out that we're here. There's people that live here for 30 plus years don't even know we exist. Um, so we're here. Give us a try. Just, and it's really easy. Just stop in. Give us yeah. a call. We'll give you a tour. Yeah. And no tax dollars involved, right? So we get that a lot. Big question. But yeah, I thank you so much. Uh, your show was the number one listened to podcast last week. Did you know that? I wanted That to made my week. That was, uh, we were looking at putting a top 10 over Ooh. the month. And you are at the top of the chart right now. Well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my ego just uh, grew a little bit. Thank you. But, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for being on today. Anytime. And we will see you guys about town. 